1: Right from the deep.com. Hey guys, here's what's happening at Right from the Deep. Of course, thanks to all our patrons on Patreon. You help make this podcast possible. If you want to add your support, come visit patreon.com forward slash right from the deep. We'd sure appreciate it. We would. And thank
0: you so much to our July Sponsor of the Month, Tammy Partlow. Yay! She is a speaker at Women's Retreats, and her debut novel, Blood Beneath the Pines, is a suspense set in the deep south, and it's available. And she's
1: working on the next book. I hope you'll visit it. And it's my turn for the wonder for this week. And you guys know that I love watching the birds, especially the birds that come to my yard. And I had something interesting happen. There was a bird that was there, and I was sure it was a spotted tokie. It was brown and rust and black and white and had white spots, and I was convinced it was a spotted tokie. But then I realized that the beak wasn't right, and the color of the beak wasn't right. And so I went to my trusty bird books. Son of a gun, if I didn't have black-headed gross beaks showing up at my feeder. And I thought, how amazing is it that birds can look so alike and yet have these distinctive features that set them apart from each other? And how creative is God that he has done that and made the colors so bright that we see them and can enjoy looking at them. And just like that, God has made each of us with unique distinctives. Even if we seem like our siblings or seem like our parents, there are things about us that are different and distinctive. And that's a good thing because he loved us enough to give us individuality. Mm -hmm. In other words, to make us who we are, just us and not like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And now... Here's the show. Welcome, listeners. We are
0: so delighted that you have joined us here in the deep and extra excitement
1: today because we have a guest whom Karen will introduce. Our lovely guest is Lynn Austin. She's a prolific writer, and she's award-winning in her writing and as a speaker. Um, She's published 23 novels. You get that, guys? 23 novels in one nonfiction book. And her novel, All She Ever Wanted, was chosen as one of the five inspirational top picks of 2005. Her novel, Hidden Places, was made into a movie for Hallmark Channel starring actress Shirley Jones. I just think that's so cool that she got to meet Shirley Jones. And Shirley was nominated for a 2006 Emmy Award for her portrayal of Aunt Batty in the film. Recently, Erin heard Lynn speak at the Florida Christian Writers Conference and was struck by what she had to share. So... We asked her to join us here and share her experiences and wisdom with you. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you. So glad to be here.
0: Yeah, we are delighted to have you here and to talk with us. So we'll start with our first and always question (laughs) What does
2: the deep mean to you? I think for me, it means writing from my own wounds, my own doubts, like all the spiritual struggles I had to not just gloss over them, but to use them in my work and to not be afraid to ask the hard questions, confront the hard questions in my writing, like unanswered prayer. I mean, theologians Mm -hmm. battle over these, you know, why is God sometimes not answer prayer? I don't have the answers to that, but to be able to have my characters express those questions and and their doubts. Um, My most recent book, Long Way Home, I tackled the Holocaust of all things, for mm. goodness sakes. I mean, you know, what, how do you have answers So So that? God but, gives you easy topics to write yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> But I think to go deep, you know, you can't be afraid to do that. You can't be right. afraid to do that. And to touch on your own experiences in doing it. Um, I went through a period of unanswered prayer for probably about seven years praying mm. for a child and not having one. And, you know, to... To tap into how I felt that and to be honest about mm-hmm. it and how I felt my arguments with God, because those are the times you grow. Right. And, you know, so I think, you know, for an author to go deep is to to handle those tough stuff. Erin mm. and I were
1: talking about that just before the podcast, where sometimes writers are afraid to tap into those deep places mm-hmm. because they they want to share a message but they're not willing to go into where their own wound is right. and so as a result the writing can be on the surface and yeah. while things are happening to the characters things aren't happening within the characters mm-hmm. and that's that doesn't communicate anything to anyone it's just words right. on a page so if if we're not tapping into that that deep part of who we are i have been doing gardening and at this new house that we have in Washington. <laughs> and there's one rose that they had planted here that's a type of rose that I absolutely abhor. I do not like this kind of rose. <laughs> you hear that? There's a flower Kieran doesn't like. <laughs> so I decided this thing had to die. So I dug and I dug and I dug and I got down to the ball that all the shoots were coming off of. And I I dug out one root, and then there was another root twice as big. And then there was another root that went straight into the ground. My husband brought out his sawzall for me, <laughs> you know, one of those automatic saws, and I cut apart the part of the root ball where oh the shoots were coming up. And I mean... I was exhausted. It took days. And I know that there are still roots and there are still sections of that stinking rose. down. There. And I thought about we need to go that deep and we yeah, need to cut true. that deep into what we're doing, get mm-hmm. to the core and the heart of who we are
2: in order to have our books touch and change. people. Right. Right. And sometimes I think we're afraid to do that deep digging in mm-hmm. our own life. And yeah. so we gloss over it. But, um, you know, we have to resolve these deep issues in our own life, and I think it does deepen your writing.
0: Yeah, and I love how you put it, confront and confront with honesty. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes we feel like we can't ask that question because, you know, maybe God's going to disappoint us, Mm -hmm. or maybe we can't ask it in the book because we have to, you know, somehow defend God and, you know, not let him look bad, you know, as if God can't take care of himself. And not let us look bad.
1: I mean, putting yeah. it on the page, people are going to think that we've struggled with that. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put that down there because then they'll know that dark place inside of me that I haven't yeah. told anyone about. Exactly. That is yeah, fair. Right.
0: Very true. Well, one of the things that I loved um, when I was passing through at the Florida Christian Writers Conference, you I heard you say something to your class about surprises mm-hmm. on your writing journey. And I was just like, ah, she has cool surprises. I know she does. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to hear you share your experiences. What What kind of surprises did God have in store for you on your writing journey? Well,
2: I was surprised right from the very beginning that I was called to be a writer because mm. when I went to college, I was a psychology major. It mm. never occurred to me I was not one of these kids that has been writing ever since they're little and make little journals. I had a conversation with Beverly Lewis, and she said she always knew she wanted to write, and I'm like, eh. I didn't (laughs) always know that. And um, but when I finally got to the place where I I was so disappointed with so many books and I wanted a book with hope, and Mm. I sat down one day when my babies were napping and I thought, I'm just going to try to see what happens when I write. And I loved it. I mean, Mm. I figured out that God had wired me to write because when I was a kid, I was always off in my imagination. So that was the first surprise is, you know, that, hey, maybe he's calling me to do this. But Hmm. then there was a long period where I struggled with it. It was a secret. I didn't want to tell anybody that I was (laughs) writing because, of course, then they ask you a week later, hey, have you gotten your book published?
1: Right, (laughs)
2: right. (laughs) You know, no clue at all. So um, I didn't tell anybody. My husband knew, but I would just sort of sit in the dark and write and, you know, enjoying it more and more. And I felt God say at one point, if you really believe I'm calling you to write, you have to take a risk and call yourself a writer. And that was very hard for me uh, Mm. because I wasn't entirely sure. So I kind of stepped out and said, all right, I am going to take this risk and I'm going to call myself a writer. And I was working in my home. The kids were playing around me. I had my typewriter. That's how old I am. Writing. (laughs) And uh, my husband's a musician. He was giving lessons, music lessons, and these kids are filing in and out. And this young man came in, waiting for his turn, and saw me working. And he said, "What you doing?" Well, now, you know, <laughs> I'm <get to> like <laughs> tell some sixteen-year-old kid I'm this wannabe writer. But I said, "No, I'm I'm going to take a chance here." And I said, "Well, I'm writing a book. I'm a writer." And he didn't mm. laugh. He said that's really cool. He said, my mom's (laughs) a writer. He said, you should meet her sometime. And I said, mom's a writer. What kinds of things does she write? And he got a little bit shy. And he said, well, we're Christians. And my mom writes devotional books for a company in Chicago called Moody Press. (laughs) And I was completely blown away. And the next week when he came for his lessons, his mom came with him. And she turned out to be this kind of person that loved to mentor other writers. She had been doing oh, it for a while. Man. Now, I lived in a city of about 700,000 people. And God brought probably one of the very few <laughs> published Christian, this was in Canada, one of the very few published Christian writers right to my door with this when I took <laughs> this step of faith. And I often wonder, you know, would I be a writer? Would I have the success I've experienced if I hadn't taken that step? Mm. But, wow. you know, I think it it's important. And what I try to tell other writers is confirm your call. Ask God right. to confirm it, because there were many times in the years afterwards when I wanted to quit. But I remembered that, that when I took that tiny little step of faith, he confirmed that call in such a surprising way, you know, trumpet student's mother for all things, (laughs) you know. But such a God
0: thing though, that is such... Such a god thing. It's those are the kinds of things we have to like. That's an Ebenezer, you know. Mm -hmm. You have to like write that down and remember those those stones that he gave us, those promises that he fulfilled. Right. Because everything builds off of that. Our faith. We have to keep going back. We have to preach that to ourselves Mm -hmm. because there's going to be dark roads,
2: for sure. Long paths. There are a lot of those too. And and I think it what it showed me too is that. It's not just a matter of writing books and getting published, but that it is a spiritual journey that I'm on, and that you know that if God could do this miracle, I mean, you got to admit that was a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Right when I was starting off, and she took me under her wing and mentored me, and you know, taught me everything I need to know, took me to writers conferences. She had a writers critique group. I mean, everything I needed just right there at my doorstep. So and I think you know, it showed me this is a spiritual journey that he is going to teach me, you know, along the way and and coach me, and that and that's what it turned out. And that it was a matter of learning to trust, you know, mm. along the he, way.
1: He's amazing in the way that when he asks us to do something for him, he then equips us. Mm. We we like to think that it's all on us, and our reaction is is like Moses here. My Lord, send Aaron. You know? <laughs> exactly. I'm not a man of clear speech. I can't right. do this, but send my brother. He's really good. you know. And, and yet yeah. God supplies every single thing we need along the way. If, if right. we just will be willing to step out one step at a time and move forward on that step. And like you said, would you have been a writer if you hadn't taken that chance? Well, Hard to tell, but God will continually pull us to do the thing that we need to do to accomplish what He has for us, not because He needs us, but because He wants to bless us, which He has done for you in your writing. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, and you know, I starting off, I didn't know anything. I barely knew how to write. I was reading Writer's Digest magazine and you know, trying to figure (laughs) out writing. And here's somebody that not only knows writing, but the whole publishing process and everything. You know, just anything I needed to, to learn about the whole thing. It was just, just amazing. Wow. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it was. <laughs> that is good. Right. I'm guessing that's
2: not the last surprise he had in store for you, though. No, <laughs> <laughs> there, it, it was a matter of learning to trust. And because it started off with such a bang and such, you know, blessings, um, there were a few surprises of along the way of learning to trust his timing Mm -hmm. Um, it had been my prayer early on that family had to come first you know that uh, I didn't want this big writing career and send my children off to you know nursery school so that I could write my family came first and I reached a point where um, I had a manuscript finished and this was the days before agents and I'm sending it off and getting it back and sending it off and getting back and finally a, a publishing company down in the United States said we're interested, send the whole manuscript, which I did. And the waiting period was about a year. Oh. Waiting, waiting, <laughs> and waiting and hearing, you know, okay, it's got another committee it has to go through and all that. And so finally, it was on in the last stages of the publishing process. And you you should be hearing any day. So I'm not leaving the house. Back in those days, (laughs) (laughs) the phones were hooked onto the wall, so I didn't want to go too far. (laughs) So I'm waiting for this, you know, God to open the whole world of publishing up to me. And the doorbell rang, and it was the mail carrier, and he had a big black plastic garbage bag with my name and address taped onto it. And I, I, my first thought was, somebody's sending me garbage. I guess I don't have enough of my own. But I opened it up and inside was my manuscript and the box that I had mailed it in had burst open somewhere in a post office along the way. And they very kindly shoveled all these pages of my manuscript into this bag. And I'm looking through them and some had tire tracks on them and footprints on them. Just this whole mess and this disintegrated (laughs) box. And in the bottom of the box was a letter, and it said, "We're sorry, but we've decided <gasps> not to publish oh, your book." My. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! That's painful. That hurts. It was <laughs> very painful, and it was like I knew God had the power in His little finger, to, yeah. But yes, and it, it, I'd be off, you know, and running. And so I guess I was surprised by, you know, it. It just seemed. <laughs> It could have been rejected, but to come in a garbage bag, right you know, like, what are you going to think? Know, the symbolism there is just a little too hard to ignore. And it was not lost on me, believe yes. me. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm asking for answers, Gord. Why, why, why? And within a week or two of this, ha- this devastation, I was still very depressed. We were leaving on a family vacation. We were going from Canada down through the U.S. And my husband wanted to stop at every national park. Along the way, oh fun! And so I'm viewing all these great wonders of nature, you know, and and just looking up at them and like, what well, God? Why? Why? And not feeling any answers. And so finally, when I got home from this vacation, and I was putting all the pictures in the photo album. Remember when we used to do that? <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> real photo <laughs> albums. I'm looking at all these pictures side by side: the giant redwoods and the. Tetons and the Rocky Mountains. And I realized God had been shouting at me all that time that he makes all things beautiful in his time mm -hmm. and that this just wasn't the time yet. Now, what, how many years later, 40 years later, I can say that, yes, I would have had to sacrifice family life and a lot of other things if that book had been published at that Mm -hmm. time. But Mm -hmm. at that moment, you know, I, I didn't know. But um, yeah, to see all those God-given things. And to at that point, did I have the faith? Did I have the trust? Mm. I, I'm sorry to say I didn't. Because mm. I realized um, even if I started the process all over again and printed out another manuscript and started sending it off, it could be a year. And so yeah. without praying about it, without thinking about it, I was in a little tantrum. I took a teaching job because <laughs> by then my youngest kid was in school. So I went and took a teaching job and that was the worst teaching job, worst job I've ever had. There was so much (laughs) stress. Three different times I was in the doctor's office with three different ailments and every time they said, are you under a lot of stress? (laughs) (laughs) And I happened upon the book of Jonah and I thought, you know, I think I'm headed in the wrong direction. (laughs) I think I'm in the belly of the whale with this job. Hmm. And that was, I was surprised, yet happy that he would go so far to redirect me if I would yeah. listen. Mm. And I listened, you know, that this wasn't right. And when the contract was up at the end of the year, I said, all right, I'm going to give this my all again and uh, go full, full bore. So wow. yeah, it's learning to trust that even the bad things, the garbage bags he sends are for a reason. you know, to keep, to keep going.
0: Yeah. Wow. You know, it's so interesting because we always think surprises are good, but (laughs) sometimes surprises are hard hard and we're just not, As prepared for them. I think that's probably one of the biggest surprises, you know, even that I had as a new writer. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) it's very hard. If I'm supposed to do this, it should be easy. Exactly. Yeah, paved the way. It's not.
1: (laughs) It's hard. The The other thing that we forget is that those hard surprises, those surprises we don't really want, those are God's answer. Yeah. And we could be saying, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? And he's like, I did. <laughs> I
2: just didn't answer right. it the way you want it. Right, right, right. And if you give two conflicting prayers, you know, right. you want a family right. life that isn't gonna change and you want a successful career. All right. Right. You know, you have to I, leave it up to him to figure out which
1: one. My husband and I both have glommed on to the the prayer request that says I know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. The rest is all God's. God <laughs> yeah. can handle all the other details. I know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. That's what I'm holding yeah. on to. So, Lord, Your right. will be done. Yeah. Uh, I may not like it. I may not understand it, but Your will be done here. Right. But and I, I have, love that, too.
0: You're yeah. praying like two different things. You're yeah. wanting two different things. and. And it's like, how are we not going to be disappointed? Yeah, it's kind of a no-win
1: situation, you know. Yeah. No, but there is a win. The win is that you submit, Yes. you surrender, Mm -hmm. and you accept that as his answer, and then look forward to what he has for you next.
2: Right. Right. And, and and so, you I, don't
1: end up in a teaching job that sends you a Prozac. <laughs> I'm telling you,
2: if you ever end up in the belly of the whale, it's not yeah. a fun place to be. You turn around and get spit out. And and I guess that was, I was learning too that I had this image in my mind of what my writing career would look like. And it was sort of like, a, at the time, we had Jeanette Oak and we had Bodie Taney, and you know, you see. The, the trajectory of their career and you know I had to get to the point where do I want that this image this idol really or am I going to accept what his will is for my career right. so I mm. was over 40 before my first book got published but that was that was his his answer hmm Wow.
1: I don't know about you guys, but I've had chills and been inspired. It's it's just been a terrific time. And you know what? It's been so good. We're going to do it again in part two in our next podcast. So be sure to come <laughs> and join us. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at rightfromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast. So please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same.